here today because you were hoping for, you know, a little cup of tea in regards to country music, influencers, and just Nashville life in general, my guest brought not just a cup of tea. No, she brought the entire pot. Today's guest is married to country singer and songwriter Hardy. He has written 13 number one singles for huge stars like Blake Shelton, Morgan Wallen, Florida Georgia Line, and Thomas Rhett. That's including his own personal hits, One Beer with Lauren Elena and Wait in the Truck. You also know him for being BFFs and the opening tour act for Morgan Wallen. Hardy met my guest after she popped up on his For You page on Instagram and slid into her DMs when she was a student at Ole Miss. Four years later, they were married, and their star-studded wedding was captured for the world by People magazine. She's a cute servative and quickly becoming one of the most captivating wives to follow on social media in the country music scene. So I brought her out to talk about being married to one of the most talented writers in Nashville, Morgan Wallen dating rumors, if she'd appear on A Real Housewives of Nashville season, her husband's near-death experience in a bus crash last year, behind-the-scenes drama at her wedding, her Nashville recommendations, and more. Every week, I interview somebody who has a fascinating life story or expertise on a myriad of different subjects from pop culture to health and wellness and true crime. Subscribe, watch the episodes on Real Alex Clark YouTube, and leave a five-star review. Please welcome Callie Hardy to The Spillover. Hard-hitting question right out the gate. Okay. Who is your favorite Nashville influencer right now? Because it is the way I would commit crimes for Hunter Primo's closet. Oh, oh, that's that's a good one. Oh, man. Okay. Do you know Shelby? Shelby Vert? No. She's got to take my number one place right now. Okay. What is it about her style? I would say Shelby and Shannon Ford. I love Shannon. Wait, do you know Shannon Ford personally? Yes, kind of. She just got engaged? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Have you met James? Yes. What do you think about him and their love story? They are, I just like, she is so, it seems like so larger than life. Of course they would just meet like wandering down the streets of Spain, like while she's studying or studying abroad, traveling abroad. I mean, it's just so romantic. It's amazing. It's incredible. Their story is like a fairy tale. It's so exciting. And he just moved here. So, so Shannon Ford, huge influencer, podcaster. And then, so who we're talking about, if you don't know, they just got engaged, this guy that she's been dating and he is British. Yeah, Yeah. So he lives in the UK. They were long distance for a really long time and then just got engaged. He he's moving here. So it's like a whole thing. And she, she was kind of splitting time between New York city and Nashville, but now she's full-time Nashville. I think so. I actually, I'm not sure. I know, um, last I saw them and when I met James, was at NASCAR when NASCAR was in Nashville. And so we were like teasing him. We're like, you're living out all of your best American, American? moments right now. <laughs> yeah. That's like quintessential yeah, American. Exactly. I was like, you're doing it. NASCAR in Nashville. Okay. So who, who else are you guys hanging out with couple wise right now? We just went on a trip. One of Michael's really good songwriting buddies. He's also an artist, Hunter Phelps. Okay. Him and his wife, Kelly, we are, we love to death. They're incredible. Um, Michael's got a lot of songwriter buddies. So usually like his friend Smith, um, Jordan Schmidt, he's another big producer in town. We, and Renee Blair is his wife. Um, she, they did wait in the truck together and she actually sang on the demo. It was incredible. And we hang out a lot with them. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Now I have to ask this just based on what's going on in pop culture right now. Are you a Swifty? Okay. I, tr- I try my best. I love, I'm country Taylor, like till I die. Of course. 
A hundred percent. Of course you would say it's that. It's very on brand. I know, but it's so true. But I, I don't know like all the, you know, I don't know like all the, the inside ins jokes and outs, and the inside jokes, all the little, um, what does she call them? Not breadcrumbs, the little oh, Easter, eggs. Easter eggs, Easter eggs. Yes. Don't know about all those, but I do have a friend that tries to keep me in the loop, but I would say I'm like a low level Swifty. What about Hardy? Is he a Swifty? He's, he's into some, uh, God, what's his favorite out of the woods? Is his favorite Taylor Swift what? song. So random. I know. I tease him about it all the time. But he he loves him some Taylor songs. Well, I was wondering, you know, as a songwriter, if, he, if he's ever had a conversation with you about her songwriting. I ask him about it actually all the time. I'm like, my God, you have like, this is so crazy. Yeah. Like, she when you think of songwriting, I mean, she kind of brought songwriting to I feel like everyone's mainstream yes. knowledge. Like people didn't really think about and it. And just respecting it. it. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So, I mean, there definitely is, I think, a huge respect for like how often she talks about and brings up songwriting. I mean, what are your predictions for Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? Because <laughs> they've been kind of talking, like, do you think that this has legs? Like they're really gonna become a couple or do you think this is super casual? I don't think, I don't think they will. I don't know. I mean- he obviously, you know, saw what he wanted. He went for it. Like, got to respect that. I love that. She, it's just so out. This is so not her type. Okay, but I think this is a good thing because yeah. what we've always had is she goes for these like Victorian era, no, literally. sickly yeah. looking guys. <laughs> and finally we get our American dream. Yeah, honestly, I no, I'm so here for it. Like I love a good salt of the earth, like American hunky football player. Yes. Like I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I hope it works. I well, think she needs that. I, I think, think she needs a little bit of... She for sure needs it. But my thing is that she's uh, about to be on tour now in a month. She's going to go back. Oh, okay. I didn't you know, know that. He's obviously in the middle of his season. Maybe like, that's he's perfect. Playing. Well, so they're both busy. So I'm like, here's my prediction. I think that they're going to be talking. Uh, we might get a couple, you know, paparazzi candidates of them hanging out. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that they're going to become a full-blown couple just because of where they're at in their lives. Okay. Like, yeah, I think I see they'll that. be cool and casual. I see that. I love that. I The, the football game was fast. I did yeah. not see her going to a football game this quickly, but I love it. And well, I think that's fun. And one thing about Taylor is she's going to meet your mom on the first date. Oh, my God. <laughs> I I love this. I could so see with Jason with the kids. Let's get her on the pod. Like I want to hear. I want to hear some Travis and uh, Taylor interactions. I wonder what they talk about. Well, okay. And here's the other thing too. I was going to ask you about this just because you know what this is like with just you know fan bases and things. When they went out to dinner, yeah. Travis had to buy out the whole restaurant. So they had to ask everybody, hey, your dinner's paid for, but we need you to leave early so that Travis and Taylor can, you know, sit and talk and be uninterrupted for a first date. What is that like, like going into, okay, I'm going on a date with a celebrity, but if if or when the press and the media and their fans find out that adds so much other pressure, other pressure onto it. I mean, they are on another level. Like I can't imagine what that would be like because I know what it's like going into somewhere knowing that eyes are on you and no matter how hard you try to act normal, you know that people are watching. And is so it a like, conversation that like Hardy had to have with you when you guys very, very first started dating? Like, hey, uh, there might be people that like videotape us when we're out to eat or take a picture without you knowing. Like, no. So nothing? We, when we started dating, he hadn't even signed a, a record deal. So, I mean, he had written one, one song was up down. 
Morgan and FGL up down was on the radio and I didn't really understand what he meant when he was like, Oh, I'm a songwriter. Like when we first started talking. So we were about six months into dating before he even signed a record deal. Yeah. So we had no idea. And I mean, it took, it was like a slow burn. It took a while. I mean, people didn't recognize him out for years. So really just recently it's been kind of like out of nowhere, just exploded. Yeah. Yeah. Like now, you know, to expect it. Like when we go out places, like you just know that people are videoing you. Like you kind of just keep it in your peripheral. Like, you know what to look for. You see someone pulling out the phone. Like yeah. when we were in Costco, someone's like sticking their phone through the chips in the aisle next to us. So <laughs> is it like, okay, this is good. My husband has job security or is it like, all right, we're in freaking Costco, like lay off. It is. It's so hard because I try to keep like such a patient mind about it because really people just don't, they don't know. They don't understand. They don't really, it's hard for people to know what like boundaries are crossing the line. I would never, like I've never cared though about celebrities. I've never been like a big fangirl of anything. So it's just never occurred to me, but it's nothing. You weren't even a directioner. Honestly, no. Like the first person I remember being a fan of was like Jesse McCartney. And I was like, that's cool. And then I just got over it. Like, I yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it is interesting, but you just have to remember, like it might make that person's day that they got like a freaky little side picture of you shopping in Costco. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever floats their boat, I guess. Who in the country scene do you think would crush on a season of Real Housewives Nashville? Oh, I mean, I feel like this is an obvious answer, but Brittany, Brittany Aldean. Do you she, think she would do it? Oh my God. I don't know. If she was asked. Oh my God. Yeah. But, but if okay, she yeah. says yes, but you and I both know if she said yes, she would be painted as the villain because of being conservative. 100%. But I almost think that she, that would be such a great opportunity for her to show herself and her personality. I mean, if you, I feel like if we gave her one season, there's just nothing bad that anyone would be able to say about. I mean, I'm sure. Because you know, people would get to TV, know her. 100%. Like they would see her as a mom. They would see her personality. They would see her intention. I mean, let's get Marin on there. Let's get Marin and Brittany on there. Now see. <laughs> oh, there's, we're going to be talking about that because there's so much <laughs> that has happened now lately with Marin. I know. Even updated since like her whole original beef with Britney. But would you do Real Housewives Nashville if they were if they asked you? Oh my god, I've I've thought about this so many times because I'm a Bravo freak. I'm obsessed with Housewives. I and I feel like it I don't know because I feel like it's just the kiss of death. Like, I feel like you literally, if you join housewives, you're on there long enough for, to blow up your entire life, but it would be fun. Do you think Hardy would let you? He would so let me, he'd be into it. I think he'd <laughs> think it would be hilarious. I don't know that I would give that much juiciness, but I'd give it a shot. Can you be, can you be confrontational though? Because I think that's part of it. You have to be willing to like get oh in somebody's God. face. That and I couldn't do me, it. I, I don't, I don't know if I could. I honestly don't know if I could, but my Talking would so get caught up in those confessionals. I would get so it would all catch up with me. See, so and I think Brittany could be confrontational. I think I think she could. I think she could be confrontational. Who else would be? Well, a Shannon good one? could do it now because she's going to be married. Dude, Shannon would slay. She knows that reality TV game. She would slay. She at would be Housewives. really good. They, you know, there was that rumor like a couple years ago that they were doing one. Yeah, and I don't know if that was real or not. Like well, if it was a pilot or I if it think... was a. 
I think there was rumors, but then like the pandemic happened and stuff. So I feel like it could still happen. It just hasn't yet. Okay. Do you think Carrie Underwood would do it? No, I don't think so. Is she just like uber private? I, I Yeah, I think so. I think, I think her personality, she's very shy from what I've gathered, from what I've heard. Like she's just very to herself. And I don't think that, I don't think that that's something she would ever do. Now, if you did it, what do you think your character would be known for on the show? Because everybody's a thing. I don't know. I mean, I'd probably be just like the crazy, like, I'd I'd be like the Shannon Bedore, except not as of three days ago when she got the, the got the DUI or whatever that was. I I think I would just be like the wild the party like, down for everything, party, like talks too much. Yeah, I think so. Like the woo girl. Like that's literally, that oh, would be yeah. my thing. Well, that would be perfect. 100%. That'd be my thing. I'd be trying to get us on a party bus, down going down Broadway every day, doing the pedal taverns. Typically when you hear an ad for something, you're expecting the host to say something like, this product is for everybody, or it's totally inclusive. You should know that Nimi Skincare actually isn't for everybody. Nimi Skincare is for female patriots who value products being made in America, companies that support values like faith, femininity, freedom, and family. And if that isn't for you, then Nimi Skincare is not for you. If that is you, then I have great news. Nimi skincare is gonna change your life. I'm in my 30s now, so quality anti-aging skincare is very high on my list of concerns, as well as extra hydration. I've got the driest skin you've ever seen, and I live in a desert climate, which makes it 10 times worse. And winter's coming up, so really, no matter where you live, you're probably struggling with dryness. And you know what? There is not a moisturizer out there. I'm telling you, I promise you, there is not a moisturizer out there that I have not tried from drugstore ones to ones that are so expensive, you've got to actually get somebody to unlock it from a glass case at those super swanky department stores. And with my whole heart, I will tell you that the Nimi Hydrating Retinol Moisturizer was the best moisturizer I had ever tried when I first tried it a few years back. The retinol, the lactic acid, it exfoliates, it promotes a smoother, brighter complexion overnight. Ginseng root revitalizes and energizes tired skin. Jojoba seed oil, squalene, algae extract aloe, and allantoin for high hydration and soothing for even the most sensitive skin types. I will never use a moisturizer without retinol in it again after trying Nimi. See for yourself what modern skincare with Timeless Values is all about. Go to NiniSkincare.com. Use code Alex Clark for 10% off. That's N-I-M-I skincare.com with code Alex Clark for 10% off. Nimi, N as in Nancy, I-M-I skincare.com. Alex Clark for 10% off or click the link in the show notes. Do you guys ever run into Theo Vaughn? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Is he friends with you guys? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So many questions I have about Theo Vaughn. Is he real? I, I literally don't know. I still, every time I'm with him, I leave and I'm like, are you be? are you serious? Like, are, are the real? stories made up like a bit or is that his real life? I, like, we will never know. We he will doesn't never, even tell you? We will never know. But like, it's so funny because- if if you and him were having conversation right now, you it, it it he talks like he's doing a bit, but it's not. So he does that even off camera. It's still the yeah. same thing. Yes. So then it must be real. I mean, it must be him. I mean, it is. He just I can't help but not 
laugh just like when I look at him when I'm with him because he's just such a such a unique like personality but no yeah he's that's legit like that is legit do you think he's ever gonna get married god I hope so I'd love to meet her does he want to meet somebody like is he dating why are you trying to are you trying to <laughs> help you about? well I have a, no I have a huge crush on Theo because I like guys that are like bat crazy like I always say like uh just off the wall sense of humor I mean I think most girls find that attractive I think that's For why sure. I think that's why Pete Davidson gets the girls that he 100%. does hundred percent if there is one thing about a guy it is listen they got it easy you don't no one gives a shit about what you look like how if you have a dad bod if you're bald if you are funny and you've got it going on and you can walk into a bar and make people laugh like congratulations you got it. That's the thing. Because Pete, every single time, you know, it's announced in the media that Pete Davidson is dating somebody else. It's always like, well, I don't understand how he's getting these women. No, it's obvious. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, yes. It's the Caleb Presley, same thing. Yep. It's the Riz. One the Riz. Yeah. The Riz. Yeah. Yep. I know about Riz these days. So you're from California, right? Yep. San Diego. Okay. And so you decided, I'm, I'm going to go on a wild hair. I want to go to college at yeah. Ole Miss. Yeah. So what was the decision process for that going, taking a California girl to the South? I knew when I was starting the college search that I needed to find something different than California. Why? Um, like different in what way? I wanted a traditional school experience. I wanted football. I wanted Greek life. I wanted conservative values. I wanted to go be around more like-minded people. I wanted just a new experience for myself. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with staying close to home, but that's not what I wanted. And I had I had an amazing life growing up in San Diego, but I wanted to branch out, meet new people. I really respect and admire the traditions that the South holds. And I think there's just, it's such a unique culture that we know nothing about. So were you in a sorority? I was. I was a five mu at all this. <laughs> no, it was. I mean, it was amazing. I wouldn't have traded it for the world. I literally love my college experience more than anything in the world. And I wish that everyone in California who is so oblivious to the South and what it's about would just go spend. Like just get out of your bubble and get experience it. Get out of the it. bubble and go experience it. What did your friend group think of you saying, I want to go to, I want to go to school? Oh, at no one, no one was surprised. No one was shocked. I mean, and it's funny, like people think of everyone I told in college when they found out I was from San Diego, they were all like, oh my God. Or they found out I was conservative. Like, you know, that's the number one question. Like, holy yeah. shit. Like, how, like, were you in hiding in yeah, San so Diego? Were you? No. Like, honestly, no. I and think San Diego's pretty conservative. It, it, you find, I mean, I feel like that's, it's the same everywhere, but you find your people, you know, they find you. You kind of know, like, you know what's up, you know what's going on. It's an open conversation, or at least it was. I don't think it's the same now. I really don't. Yeah. It was a lot easier to talk about politics even just when I was in high school, as opposed to, you know, kids now going through school, it was, it was just something that I was really proud of. And people, anyone in my life still to this day, they know that about me. They knew that about me growing up. It was never an issue. People who didn't have the same beliefs as me. I have so many friends that yeah. are more left-leaning and it's, it's not a problem at all. And it never was. It never seems to be the problem for the conservative in the friend no, group, but yep. sometimes it'll become a problem for them. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I could, there were points in my life where I felt, you know, around like the BLM movement and around COVID, like at the peak of those, I felt a little more tension and a little more judgment, I think from some people in my life, but 
besides that, I it really wasn't an issue. Um, now I, you were with, I mean, when the pandemic happened, you were with Hardy yeah. at that point, right? Not yeah. married yet. No, 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 no. But just dating. Were you guys both living in Nashville during that? We were both living in Nashville and I was just in my condo and Michael had his house. He was living, it was like a cabin in the woods, basically. So we just kind of <laughs> hid out in this cabin in the woods for like all of COVID. <laughs> So were you guys scared? Like, holy crap, are these protests and things like, are they going to start branching out like out of the city? And were you guys nervous for that? I mean, this, this might sound extreme, but based on where politics have been the past, you know, five or six years, yeah, we have always in the back of our mind been like, all right, when, when it goes down, yeah, you have land here. We have land here. You know how to hunt. You can do oh, so, you, so, so he's a real country artist. Oh, yeah. I know, right? Crazy. It's a crazy concept, you guys. I know. One beer came out and everyone was like, you're not. This isn't real country music. And I was like, you guys, this man is redneck. Like, for real, for real. So, I mean, even my dad. Like, we all. Like, my family. We're ready to go. So, Have like, you ever hunted? I can't hunt. I am the biggest animal lover in the whole world. And I would just, I'll, this is like maybe so backwards of me. The second it's dead, I'll eat it. Yeah. Like no problem. Of I will course eat me. It. Yeah. I'm such a carnivore. So maybe I'm like, I'm so fake for that, whatever, but I can't do it. I no, I can't, can't do, do it. it. It's not about the shooting an animal that bothers me more than um, the having to sit quietly for that long. <gasps> oh, oh my God. <laughs> I went one day. I was, I told Michael for years, I was like, you think you want me to go. Like you think you want me to go. You don't want me to go hunting with you. We went one day. My God, I literally was every little move I made. He was like, oh my God, you can't move. You can't move yeah. your head that fast. I was out here being like, it's like opening a bag of chips. No, literally. I was like crinkling my water bottle. I thought he was going to have a heart attack in the deer stand. Never again. I was like, what and done for me? No. Yeah, no I was way. scared. I mean, during the rioting in 2020, I remember it started. Um, I mean, I live in Scottsdale. Like this is not an area you would think anything like that would happen. And then all of a sudden they're like smashing down like our Mercedes Benz dealerships yeah. and the Apple store and stuff. And I was terrified and I remember my dad telling me you need to get a gun you need to stock yeah. up on ammo and you need to try to find somebody who lives a little bit outside of Phoenix to try to get away as far as possible I mean that's exactly what it was like we bought um we bought maps like in case you know <gasps> phones go down phones go down oh like, wait you're prepared oh, we were like we were ready I mean my, and so are you guys preppers we're not preppers I feel like I should have started with this because we so sound like doomsday preppers I come from a strong military background my dad was a navy seal um my uncle was a navy seal my all the men in my family were all military so it's just kind of in our dna to be prepared to protect ourselves yeah. and, you know, not be oblivious as to what's going on. And things, I think people a couple years ago would have called it, you know, conspiracy theories and whatnot, but it's not anymore. It's yep. real. And we were ready to go. You know, we, it's same, same deal, stocking up on ammo, making sure we have guns, finding land, knowing where to go, having a game plan if something were to happen. I mean, my family's across the country. So we were like, let's pick a spot. Like if anything happens, like let's go meet up there. It was Do pretty crazy. Do you think you guys would live anywhere besides Nashville? We, we would so be open to it. I mean, maybe Florida. He's not at a point in his career right now where we could just leave. I mean, when people like Blake Shelton, you know, he doesn't have to live in Nashville. If he wants to write with somebody, he just like flies over to Nashville. Right. Um, I love it so much right now. Like I don't see us leaving anytime soon. And we have our home and it's great and we love the city. Um, I don't know. It would take a lot for us to leave right now, but we're not opposed to it. Now, Hardy has written huge songs for, for other artists. I mean, obviously his own songs, but he's also written Beers on Me, God's Country, 
uh, more than my hometown, which is my favorite Morgan Wallen song. Me too. Is it really? It, it is. It is. It's one of my favorites he's ever written. That's my favorite. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay so, so here's my question, and I was so excited to ask you this. If Hardy has written all of these songs for all these other artists, what are the odds that some of the songs that we know and love from other artists that they're singing are actually about you? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying to think. I mean, more than my hometown, I think he came home that day and said, I mean, you know, sometimes he more so not as much now, but when we were dating, you know, he would come home and be like, I wrote a song about you, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And I'd be like, okay, whatever. I mean, I more than my hometown, gosh, honestly, I'll have to ask him. There's, there's some chances. I mean, if it's a love song, he's not too much of a love song guy, like cutting, he doesn't love to cut love songs for himself as much. I think, I mean, he definitely has a handful of them, but that's so funny. I mean, there's a chance. I mean, sand in my boots. Like we got that idea. We got that idea. He taught, he got that idea. We were talking about it and like, we were just in conversation when like the light bulb went off, but we were in San Diego. So I mean, sometimes, you know, so sometimes the song you're singing could be about Callie and I we mean, don't even know. Listen. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying it is. But I'm not <laughs> saying it isn't. <laughs> Can't confirm or deny. How did Hardy and Morgan Wallen meet? So they, so they just started off like writing songs together and that's just how it happened. Like literally in the condo I used to live in, Michael lived in it before me and Morgan just came over one day. They had a write together and they just wrote a song and I'm pretty sure it was up down that I, I might be wrong. The first one. Yeah. Or at least one of the first few. Um, I might be totally wrong about that. I have no idea, but yeah, they just kind of, you know, sparks were flying and they fell into a quick bromance and they have just been friends ever since. And they're on the same, they're on the same label. So, you know, Morgan's always around. We're always seeing him. I mean, they really are like, they're great friends and we've been on tour with them. My God, like three times. So they're basically like your family at that point. Right. You're with them all the time. What was their first impression of each other? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think they just were both like, you're redneck as like they all <laughs> I'm sure Michael thought he was the most redneck guy around. And then Morgan walked in and Michael was like, oh, all right, you're the real deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw this comment on social media and I thought it was so cute. It said, I feel like Callie and Hardy have that 90s type of country love. That's so cute. Isn't that cute? I love that. What do you think about that? Like, what does that mean to you? Like a 90s country type of love? I think that's so sweet. I feel like my... My gut, like when I hear 90s country, I just feel like it's very traditional, very pure, um, kind of innocent. I don't know. I think that's really sweet. It's like timeless in my mind. Yeah, timeless. Like I always think, you know, old Shania. I think Tim McGraw, Faith Hill is oh, yeah. like an iconic country couple. Oh, yeah. Like, so I thought that was like the sweetest. I was like, that's a big compliment. That is a huge compliment. Like I will, I will take that one with me to the grave. I love that. Were you a fan of Hardy's before you guys started dating? Like, did you know him before he slid into your DMs? No, my God, no. I literally, <laughs> I, I didn't even, I mean, there was, there was nothing to know. Like he was writing song. I mean, and this is funny. I've told this story before, but when he DM'd me and I went to go stalk his profile, he had all these pictures with FGL, like, and I didn't know what for. I mean, he was writing songs with them. Yeah. And he was on tour, you know, out writing with them. But I, I literally was like, this man is an FGL super fan. 
Did you think buying, he was kind of weird? I thought he was buying meet and greets, like following them around on tour. And I was like, oh, Wait, oh God. That's great. That's rough. What like, did his bio I, say on Instagram at the time? Like nothing. It was the classic. It was the fish, the fish picture, <laughs> the like, Maybe he like cooked a steak and it was like a, a, pic, a picture of a steak up on the, th- I mean, it was nothing. Like, So how did he find you to DM you? And then what did he say in the DM? Okay. It's still a mystery to this day, how he found me. I, we joke about, um, it was around, it was in December. So I was home on Christmas break. We joke about maybe how like some thirsty little like Halloween picture I posted was like floating around somewhere. And probably. Like, like, honestly, probably. But he sent me and didn't say a word sent me a video of him taking a pole of whiskey out of a deer stand. He was in head to toe camo. Just like, didn't say anything. Just sent this video of him. And I was like, what, what? did you say? I literally was like, oh, save some for me. Like, let me get some of that. I like sent some flirt, like, you know, just some thirsty little message back. I was like, that's hilarious. I loved it. I was like, that is so bold. Like, let's go. And here I am, you know, San Diego girl in at Ole Miss. I was like looking for the country boys. I was okay. like, where's my country daddy's at? So you say something like flirty, cute back. And then what does he say? I mean, we just, he basically, he was like, I don't get it. Like you're in San Diego. You go to Ole Miss. Like, what's the deal with that? We just started, because he's from Mississippi. So, and he's okay. a big Mississippi State fan. Okay. So it's all familiar to him. And he was just very curious. So we started talking about that and it was really casual, really chill, like on and off. We weren't talking every day or anything like that. And then a couple months went by and I was back at school and there's this little music venue in Oxford called the Lyric and Jameson Rogers, who's one of his buddies was playing a show at the Lyric and his other buddy Hunter Phelps was opening up for Jameson. And then last minute Hunter's drummer got sick and couldn't go. So they asked Michael to fill in. Oh, so he can drum too. He was on, he can, he can play drums. Um, he was in a band forever and played bass. So he's, okay. you know, very multifaceted this man, but, um, he was playing the cajon, like the box drum that you sit on. And I was going to the show. And so he messaged me and was like, Hey, I'm going to be here. I'm going to, I'm going to be in the lyric. Um, we're doing a show. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to be there with my friends. Like, let's meet up. I'll see you there. So sure enough, like I went and saw him just like drumming away on the box drum (laughs) on stage. And I was just, you know, trying to get his attention the whole show. I was like, Hey, hey, he didn't see me. And then after the show was over, his set was over. We just met up in the crowd. And honestly, it was just, it was immediate. It was immediate. Like, it was immediate. It was like we we just it, like I don't even know, and I wasn't looking for a boyfriend. You well, know? that's what I was going to ask if the connection was instantly there or if it developed over time. It was it was instantly there, and like we both we still to this day talk about it because we were not expecting anything out of it. You know, it was just supposed to be like this fun little meetup, like let's go to a concert kind of thing. Um, and we just had the best night. Like we had the best night. We hung out. We went to Huddle House. I literally, which is so funny to think about because I literally ended up meeting three of his best friends that night, and we and were all together. Did they all like you immediately? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, no, they they did. We all got along. We had a good time, and we had a we had a great time. We had like our first kiss when he dropped me off. It was was it a good kiss or was it like okay, I really like him, but the kiss wasn't that great. Oh my god, that's so funny you say that. Okay, because here I am thinking. So we were in a we were in my car. And I was dropping him back off at his hotel and we had like just had huddle house, you know, and I was like, oh my God, like here we are. Like we're saying bye in the car. And in my mind, how I'm playing it out, 
I thought I was like leaning so yeah. far over the center console being like, hey, like, bye. Yeah. And he was, does not remember it that way. But long story short, we had literally, this was our kiss. Quick. <laughs> it was Quick. Like the most innocent little peck like you've ever seen ever. And I was just kind of like, okay, like that's cute. Like, all right. And, and so after that first meeting, how long did it take for you guys to plan another time to get together? So he left his wallet in my <gasps> place. Wait, was that on purpose? Oh my God. He swears it wasn't. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, be for real. Be for real. Like be for real. So he had to text you the next day then? Yeah. So he came by, he came by the next morning and they swung by my apartment and I had to run down his wallet to him. And then, um, I was 20 at the time. And this was in, I think this was in February. It was, it was in February. My birthday is in March and I was going to Nashville for my 21st birthday. So I was like, we're going to go to Nashville for my 21st. And he was like, oh my God, like, let me know when you guys are coming oh, up. Please tell me he hooked you up with like an epic 21st Nashville okay. birthday. Yeah, he so did. But it was so funny because, so, I mean, we were texting, you know, he said he was going to meet up with us. And like, obviously I was like, all right, like, we're not actually, we're not going to see him. Like, whatever. Like if we see him, we see him like no big deal. We got there. I mean, this man, he was like giving us all the wrecks, like leading up to the trip. It was so cute. We got there. And the first night we were there, I was with all my friends. He had a route. Do you know, you know, the bluebird? Yeah, of course. Okay. Right. Like from Nashville, like the famous writer's round uh, venue, he was playing a writer's round at the bluebird. And cute. I know about the bluebird. I was like freaking out. Um, and he was like, Hey, I know you're out with your friends, but last minute I got these two tickets if you want to come to my round. And I had all my friends with me. Well, I, had, I was like, going to say, friends. now, wait a minute. You're 21st birthday celebrating. You probably have a group, a huge group of girls, but he says he only has two tickets. Yeah. And I literally grabbed my one friend that I knew would like think this was cool. And I was like, Nicole, we're going to this round. And I literally just ran up to all my <laughs> friends. I was like, sorry, guys. I gotta go. I'll see you in like two hours. Like I'm going to this thing. And so I went and he did not think I was going to show up. And I, oh my God, I just remember I was dressed like an absolute hooker. And I was on, on Broadway in this little bandage dress and heels and this little leather jacket. He probably loved it. Oh my God. And I walked into the Bluebird Cafe. His entire family was there, which I didn't even know at the time that that was them. His whole family was there. Label. His publisher, which is also his cousin. So like all these people, like basically people that are my family. I mean, they're literally my family now. And I show up and we sit down at our little table and it was incredible. We cried. It was you like, cried? oh my God, I cried. He has this song called Dog Years that is about a dog dying from the dog's perspective. Wait. We were- I have to listen to this. Baby, we were <gasps> we were sobbing in the thing. And we, literally, it was insane. It was insane. Okay, did he see you crying while he was on stage? I, yeah. I and mean, so was he like touched? Yeah, I mean, we literally were like, we were blown away. I had never seen, I didn't know what a writer's round was. I didn't know what that was. And his cousin- Dennis McCoskey, who is also an incredible songwriter. He wrote Maniac, like from the 80s. Um, he's so accomplished. I mean, like Keith Urban hits, Martina McBride, everything. He also was in the round. So I feel like I was in this like incredible, yeah. like once of a lifetime show. Totally. And we went out with all my friends after it was done and we had the time of our life. And then the next night, I didn't, he had been talking to Big Loud, who's his um, label now. They had been in the works of like talking about maybe if he was going to do a deal and they had the hookup at FGL house. 
So the next night he totally pulled some strings and was like, all right, girls, like these wristbands aren't going to wear themselves. And we were like, what? And we all ran down to Ochiel house and he got us like VIP. He had like $10 in his bank account. He was sweating bullets the entire time because he like didn't know if like they were going to pay for it, if he was going to pay for it. And we were all like, bottles. He didn't know who like, was going to pay for it. Like Florida Georgia line, like, like on the house. Like the label, like we got you. Oh, dude. the label. Like, yeah. Like he texted um, Seth England and he was like, who runs the label? And he was like, dude, like, I got these girls coming into town. Like, I need you to hook it up. And, so and they, did. they did. And he was just, I could see him sitting in the corner, literally sweating. And I was like, are you okay? Like, are you having fun? He was like, yeah, yeah. No, we're good. We're good. And I was like, oh my God. Like, little did I know he was freaking out that he was literally negative. See, I think this negative. is cute. And this is, yeah, this is cute. And this is important because I think sometimes, you know, a young girl gets with somebody who's kind of famous. And then what's the thing they assume? They assume, oh, you know, she's cloud chasing or wanted yes. fame and money but you're saying you got with hardy he literally was worried about over like you know drafting his bank account oh when we went on our first like trip together we went on a road trip we had to split gas the entire way to san diego like we were splitting meals splitting gas i mean we never thought twice about it we stayed in motels the entire way out like yeah it was i mean people still do love to say like the whole like clout chasing situation but whatever. I mean, if you know, it's not true. It doesn't bother me for one second. I'm like, get your facts. When did you know? Oh, I'm going to marry this man. I, I swear to God, like to when we were on our road trip, we both, the both of us say that that was when we, we just knew, like, we just knew it was so effortless and there were no games. It was so honest. I mean, it was just, it, and like once we started seriously talking, there was no entertaining anyone else. Like we didn't, it wasn't even a thought in my mind. It did you have an exclusive conversation? No, we, we never did. I mean, the third time that we hung out, he asked me to be his girlfriend. You didn't say, well, are you talking to anyone else? No, I mean, I never did until we were dating. We were, I asked him to my sorority formal and he was like 20 something years did he old. Go? He was like, yeah. He was like, this might be weird, but do you want to come to my sorority formal? And he was like, okay. And he showed up in jeans and a baseball hat with a button down. And I was like, all right, like, let's go. And on the way, on the way to the venue, my friend was sitting behind me. My friend Lindsley was sitting behind me. We took a school bus to the venue and he was like talking with her date. And I was like, Lindsley, when he turns back around, I was like, when he turns back around, you need to ask if we're dating. And she was like, okay. Wait, this is so mean. And I literally, and like I thought it was gonna happen like an hour later immediately she was like wait are you guys are you guys like dating and he looked at me and he was like I mean he was like uh I was gonna he was like I was gonna ask you later but do you want to do you want to be my girlfriend right there and I was like oh yes (laughs) yes I would love to with the fact that it was because I know exactly what you're talking about you take the school buses to like take everybody over um what is it pref or something it was it was just winter formal okay yeah so all those girls in your sorority now they probably think about that like dude remember when Hardy came to our formal no they literally do I mean because everyone was talking about it because Brooke all my friends were like, oh, we have to go with Callie to this concert tonight. Like we have to go to this concert because she has to meet this guy or whatever. And like, there we are. So did you know that he was going to propose the day that he did? I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do girls ever, like are girls ever genuinely surprised? I mean, this is what gave it away. Well, so we had planned this fake, fake private show and he never did private shows, but he had to get me 
to Oxford because it was, he proposed in the lyric where we met in that little venue. So I had to go on the run with him. And so he had to get me like on the bus with him. So he was like, I, I'm, I'm playing in Oxford. Like he knew I would be so excited about it. So I was on the bus with them all weekend. We, it was Atlanta, then it was Oxford. And the moment I saw this man pull out a new pair of express jeans out of the closet, <laughs> I was like, okay, like, okay, it's going down. Like I, when he, I literally started sweating when he pulled the express jeans out. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. But it's still like, even if you kind of, kind of know, it still doesn't take away that moment. Like you're still so, I mean, I blacked out the entire time. You think it's PSL time? No, ma'am. It's PSB time. Pumpkin spice bacon. Let's go. We already stand good ranchers for being American owned, supporting small farmers and ranchers in middle America and only selling 100% American beef, chicken, pork and wild caught seafood. But now until they run out, you will get good ranchers pumpkin spice bacon for free with every purchase. Recently, I've come up with the best fast, high protein lunch hack. Okay, get ready. Wild rice made on the stove. And then instead of water, I use regenerative chicken bone broth. What a game changer for flavor number one and protein. Look it up. Just look, just look up organic regenerative chicken bone broth. Check out the protein in that, okay? And then I take a Good Ranchers Better Than Organic Chicken Breast. I take a little meat pounder. I pound that sucker on a cutting board. I am saturating the front and the back with salt and pepper, and then I fry it on a skillet with olive oil and grass-fed butter. And that right there is my 10-minute protein-heavy, healthy lunch. Take that to work. Eat it at home. It is so much better than fast food for you, the environment, and your energy levels. Avoid the 2 p.m. crash with Good Ranchers better than organic chicken and a little treat with their pumpkin spice bacon support american conservative owned companies build the parallel economy and feed your family delicious meat goodranchers.com with code clark for $25 off that's goodranchers.com with code clark for $25 off click the link in the show notes good ranchers american meat delivered yeah, I was going to ask you. So, I mean, this story is huge and it's been reported, but just like to catch up anyone who's just hearing about you for the first time in your love story. Talk about like what happened when you got to the lyric. So, so we got to the lyric, we pulled up, we went the back way and we walked in. I was thinking it was for this private event and it was all, it was during rush week. So one of the sororities had like rented it out and completely decorated it. So it looked like it was decked out in floral arrangements, the whole thing. So we walked in and it was gorgeous, but there was no one in there. And kind of for a split second, I was second guessing. I was like, what? Like, and he was like, all the people are over here. And I'm thinking to myself, like, there is no over here. Like what? And he just follows, he, he's like, follow me. And we just start going up the stairs. So we met on this we met in this one spot on the balcony upstairs and he just led me upstairs. And then I saw all the little flower petals and in true Michael fashion, there was a little camo duct tape. X marks the spot. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I swear to God for you or him. Literally. Wait, he executed your proposal like, like a stage. Like, you know what I mean? Literally he did the X. I was just laughing. Cause I, 
I just remember I was completely blacked out. I was like sweating. I was like, sh- I was like, didn't even know what was going on, but I focused and I noticed the camouflage tape immediately. I was like this man, but he had X'd out the exact spot where we first met in the venue. Oh my God. So he walked us over to the little X and did the whole thing proposed. It was, it was perfect. It was so thoughtful. It was adorable. We had like the time of our lives. After you guys uh, got engaged, you told him, look, like I want to marry you, but it's super important for me to finish school. I want to have a career. I want to start a career before we get married. So what ended up happening with that? Are you still working now or were you when you first got married? He was really wanting to get married the second that I graduated. He, he and he's a little older than me, so I get it. But um, and I wasn't opposed completely, but I was, you know, I I knew that he was going to have this big career and I knew that I couldn't just for my own sake. Yeah. Just get married because then. I would have, I know that I would have felt like I had less of a sense of identity. Like I had to, I had to work. I had to find some sort of purpose. People don't talk about, it's really hard when you graduate and you're in your, like your early mid twenties, you don't really know what you want to do. You're in a new city. It's like, you're kind of trying to find your group. You're trying to find your rhythm, your groove and find what you want to do. And that was really important to me. So I did tell him, I was like, we have to wait and just let me find like a job that I'm really excited about. I'm really into And when that settles down and I settle into a job, like you can have the green light to propose. So I found, I got this job with a graduate hotels, AJ Capital. I love graduate hotels. Yeah. There's a couple in Arizona. Yes. Yes. So I was doing marketing for them. Okay. And I loved it. We had a graduate in um, Oxford. So that's how I came to know about it. And it was, it was great. It was awesome. Um, And then eventually it just got too hard. The schedule Um, they were very adamant that they wanted a, you know, in office position and there was, you know, little flexibility with working from home or working away. And so I was just basically using up all my PTO to just see Michael on days where he was gone or, you know, show dates, away dates. And it just got too hard to juggle. I mean, I was never, because it's, it's hard, like an artist, or if you're in the music industry at all, your schedule is completely opposite from the average work schedule. So they leave like Wednesday or Thursday night. So your weekend is not their weekend. So while he's on tour with Morgan, for example, I mean, in any given month, how often do you see him? If I don't go out on tour with them or if I don't go to some shows, I mean, they leave when they're on tour, they leave every single week, sometimes Wednesday night, usually Thursday night. And then they come home Sunday. So it's usually Wednesday through Sunday, they're gone. And Michael, you know, he loves to write and writing is like his, basically his nine to five day job. So when he's not on tour, he comes home and he works all day writing. So it's, um, they're gone a lot. And it, it just got to the point where, um, we were, we were planning a wedding and I wanted to enjoy the time. I wanted to see him. Did he get to do like cake tasting with you and stuff? Oh yeah, he did. He was such a rock star during the whole planning process. He knew and he was excited about it and he was great. I mean, he was so, so supportive and he, you know, tried to get all excited about all the girly stuff. But we, yeah, we, it was very important to both of us that we got to do those like big moments, like the cake tastings and the venue tours together. So we made it a point to go do those things together. Yeah. So yeah, eventually like, um, it's amazing that you can make money like doing, you know, having some sort of a platform off of Instagram. So when that started taking off, it was, I just kind of took the opportunity and ran with it. 
and I was able to quit my job, which was awesome. And I'm so thankful for it. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's all worked out. It's all worked out in the end. <laughs> when you're with somebody who's a songwriter, what does that look like when they're taking their whole day to songwrite? Like, is it like they lock themselves in a room? They're like, you're not allowed to open the door unless of, of an emergency. <laughs> Are they going to a special place? Uh, do they immediately come home and run lines by you? Or like, how does that process work? So it's so funny because, and I feel like the majority of the public thinks the same way I used to, but you know, you think about songwriting and you think of it as this like moody creative process and you get, you get inspired by something you see on the street and then you go home and like write, write in your journal and then like show one of your friends and you're like, let's write a song about this. Like, that's what I thought it was like. Okay. That's what I think. So basically you, if you as a career are a songwriter, you, the goal is to be signed to a publisher to make a salary and you literally are getting paid to write songs and you get a schedule and you get scheduled to write with other songwriters and you go basically every day, you get up, you go to a songwriting house, like a publisher house. Mm -hmm. um, Music Row is a little row in Nashville with a bunch of little homes. They literally just look like little residential homes. They're so cute and they are publishing houses and they're just like office spaces basically for songwriters and people will get up every day go to work with whoever they're assigned to write with that day. Like, does that mean an artist or, or a producer? Sometimes or it's an artist. Um, there's songwriters, there's track guys who, you know, build a beat, make the track. Um, it's, I guess like sometimes it's a two way, sometimes it's a three way. It's a little different every single day. Sometimes if there's an artist in the room, like they're writing for that artist, or sometimes it's just an artist songwriter and they're just there to write for whoever's cutting. And genuinely they go in there they write a song. But how do you do it? I mean, do you just come in like, okay, I'm feeling something about apples. And so now I need to Not think it. of rhymes. Or like, <laughs> Literally, I, that was my biggest thing. I would ask questions about because it, it's so interesting. Genuinely, you're like, what do you write Like, about? is there a concept or is it a word? And then you just rhyme to the yeah. word. Okay, so the way that it's been explained to me, like, I feel like I have a good idea about it now. I mean, Michael, so like Michael, for instance, he will, and you'll, I'll see it happen. Like if we're watching a show, some like really deep scene or someone will say something and it's a beautiful line or it's a concept and he'll go, Oh my God. Like, Oh my God, that's a, that's a great idea. Like that's a song. And he'll get out his phone. He has a running notes list mm. of ideas or sometimes they're not even ideas. They're just like, sometimes he'll just build like a chorus and he's like, I don't really know what I'm going to do with this, but like this is here and it'll just live there until they find so sometimes they'll write something, they'll write a bridge or something, yeah. and then they'll put it in a song later when they finally hear a melody, I'm assuming that they're like, wait, I have the perfect bridge for this. Then they go back something they wrote a year ago and stick yeah, it there. Like sometimes mostly, like mostly Michael has, um, he has titles. Like sometimes someone will just bring a good title and then they'll write the song around the title or sometimes, okay. sometimes they write the idea and then they find the title or they usually, Michael loves to write with a hook. That's like his thing. So he loves to write down hooks and then build a song around that. Like what's an example so, of one of his hooks? Okay. So like, uh, like up down is just the first one that comes to mind. And it's, you know, all the references to like, Oh, the bottle's going up down the, this is going up down the bobber's going up down. And then in the end we live it up down here. So like, that's the hook is like what ties all of the references together, you know? So that's how he writes. But I mean, everyone does it differently. I've tried so many times to sneak in 
put my ear <laughs> Wait, in the you're door. not allowed to go? Oh my God, no. It's like what? sacred. I can't get in there. Why? I tried. My God. What if God. it's for one of his songs? No, literally no. no. Is this just like a weird thing with him? He's like, nobody can hear it till no, it's done or it's what? Like, it's like not a thing. Like people are not down for that. Like you can't just go sit it. Like during COVID was the closest I got because I could like listen through the door and be like, oh my but God. But wait, like, I'm confused. Why do I always see like Taylor Swift going into Electric Lady studio, uh, Studios in New York City and then she's got like eight people with her? Does she? always I don't know you know also I think like the culture the writing culture in Nashville is very different I think like the country music culture is very different it's a lot more low-key I think it's a little more intimate um I don't know people are people are like weird. you might be right about that I think it's just very personal like no one wants someone coming in and just kind of like looking over their now, shoulder when people are songwriting do they tell the producer who the song is about like are you sharing details of why you're writing these lyrics or is it just you don't ever disclose that no sometimes yeah yeah I think sometimes for sure I mean Michael does definitely like people will ask him about his songs like he has a song broke boy that got a lot of attention because it was a story song and like that was a true story for him like he went to go buy a drink for a girl to bar and he had no money and so he was like hoping she wasn't gonna ask for a second one because he could only afford like the first one and so it's like those things come out you know usually when you're doing press for an album but no I don't think I think that people are pretty open about it or I mean at least in Nashville it's like a small town like it's obvious who songs are about okay so <laughs> well that's true when he's gone and it's just you and you don't have like a big event or something like that what does yeah. an average day look like for you like you wake up you do what okay I wake up I sleep in like a crazy person. I love me some sleep. Oh my God. I'll try to get outside, do something active, go for a walk, um, you know, something like that. I'll usually try to get some content done, answer emails, all the boring stuff. It's really not exciting at all. Um, my sister's in town. I'll grab lunch with my sister. I'll do stuff around the house. I have, the house has taken up so much of my time. My God, I'm always doing shit around the house. Wait, are you, do you take care of everything yourself? You don't have, you don't have like a housekeeper or you no. kind of work together? No, I do. We do not have a housekeeper. That's pretty impressive. The way that I clean this freaking house all day of my life, I, all I do is clean the house. Now, wait, why not just hire somebody? Or is this like, no, I, I mean, want I guess to I take could. pride in this. No, no, I really do. Cause I'm like, I, I know that our life is so unusual and I know that we get to do a lot of cool, like crazy things. Yeah. So I really enjoy dumb things like that because I'm like, that's what, when I thought of what being married and like having a house looked like, like that's what I want it to look like for me. So it's like, if it's just doing laundry and I feel just like a normal, like, you know, old married lady, like that's what I'm going to do. And I just want to dust and clean and who cooks more you or him. Oh my God. We do not the way we do not cook. You I, go out. We do not cook food. I like I will. I'm a horrible cook. Your kitchen is decorative. It is like the kitchen is I want to so bad. It's a goal of mine. It always has been like I'm always telling myself like I need to start cooking. I didn't learn anything till the pandemic. Then I just was like, I have to learn. Yeah, no, like I didn't e not even like I still didn't even cook. I don't even know actually what I did. I blacked out during the pandemic. I don't even know what what I ate for food. We go out. It's like our love language. Sharing food and going out together is what we do. It's our number one activity. Now, when he isn't touring, are you guys the kind of couple that always has plans with couple friends and family? Or do you like to spend time just the two of you when he's finally home? So we like recently, it's so funny you say that. We recently have made it such a point to 
schedule time with other couples, we really have to like, we have to overly schedule our lives or it won't happen. So even if it's just with us and alone time, we have to schedule it. Like we will try our best to schedule dates or like a bunch of our friends had babies and we hadn't gotten a chance to see them yet. So the other day we scheduled like a baby tour and we went around and saw all of their babies. Wait, like- a baby tour. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen those kids on TikTok uh, speaking of babies who dress up like Morgan and Hardy? Hardy? Yes. No, he's met them. Really? They are so cute. My God, they are good. They're, they're really good. They're on it too. Like Every new collab that any of them do, they have that music video out like the next day. Yeah. They kill me. They are so funny. No, I love them. Little heart, little jelly roll. <laughs> Stop. Wait, have you hung out with jelly roll and bunny? I, okay. So I've met a couple times just for a brief, brief, brief moment at like award shows. I've spent more time with jelly, but like they are incredible. Like they are such sweethearts. Yeah. They, they seem really cool. Oh my God. I mean, I really do. I want to, I wish I have gotten to spend more time with them. They're amazing. Like they, from the few moments I've spent with them, great people. Where do they live? They live in Nashville. Oh, they do? Yeah. They live in Nashville. Okay. I don't know why I was thinking maybe Georgia. How is he around kids when you guys went on the baby tour? Like, is he like, I want to hold babies or? Uh, no, he is so scared of babies. <laughs> he is terrified of babies and he's just clinging on to, he's the guy that's like, it'll be different when it's ours, right? Like, it'll be different when it's my own. Like, he's he's like, he hates the crying baby on the plane. Like, he's not. Does that concern you? Uh, honestly, no. No, because I'm so the opposite. That you're and, like, it'll be fine. He'll get yes. he'll get over it. And he's secretly like, he's a sensey boy. Like Michael is emotional. Does and he so have siblings? He has one sister. Okay. She's older than him. Ah. But he is, he is very emotional. So I know I have like, I'm not worried about it at all. Who's your favorite country couple that Hardy has written for that you've met? Like both of them have to sing? Well, not both of them have to sing, but just like he's written for this person and you love their wife and you love hanging out with them as a couple. Lainey and her boyfriend. I'm obsessed. We love them so much. Duck was literally just at our house the other day. I mean, they are, they, we love them to death. Um, Country couple. I mean, Jason and Brittany, I love, I love But them. he's a, he's not written for Jason or has he? He, he hasn't gotten any, has he gotten a cut? I don't think so, actually. Oh, wait, I so sometimes you, what does that mean? You write for an artist, but then it doesn't end up getting used? Yeah, like you'll never hear it. Okay. I I, I don't think. It's like a vault. Yeah, like Taylor's like vault. vault tracks. Yeah, t- kind of. Yeah, totally, totally. So I'll, if I can throw them in there and like honorary mention them. Okay. I haven't met Dirk's, Dirk's Bentley's wife yet, but Dirk's is What about Thomas fave. and Lauren? I haven't met Lauren. I love, I, Thomas is an angel I this is I have a feeling about them so that's like my favorite country couple that I want to meet so they it's like on a deeper level like I haven't even met her and I feel this connection to her because of how good they are great people like Thomas has been so good to Michael and to us and he is so welcoming and warm-hearted I mean they they just they really do stand out as just incredible people like they are so genuine they have a beautiful family family their family is I love their story oh my god how they got all their kids it's 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 heartwarming I mean it's how can you not just admire that it's 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 inspirational like Michael and I look up to them as a couple I mean he asks we ask Thomas like for advice and stuff like how to 
navigate this life. Like, like as marriage a, advice? Yeah, we do. What was Thomas Rhett's marriage advice to you? He has always been so sweet about it. You know, he, when we saw him last together, it was before Stagecoach. We were in Palm Springs. And he is just so, it's so like, it lasts with you. Everything he says is like prophetic. It's, it's gorgeous. Like it really, it, it just touches you. He is, and he's really honest. You know, he's, he's very quick to say like, it's not easy, but you have to lead with love. Like you have to learn about each other. You have to constantly work on it. Like you constantly have to choose each other and work towards that. And you have to both find things in life that bring you together and that you guys can do together and like bond on bond over together. Otherwise, like it, there's a lot of away time. There's a lot of things that can make you feel separated and you need to find those things and like focus in on those things that make you feel together. And he's, he's not afraid also to shy away from saying like, go to couples therapy, like go work on it. You know, it's not like, it doesn't have to be taboo or weird. Just like, you know, just always be working on yourselves. I've heard that Thomas is involved in like a fire uh, Bible study in Nashville. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. They they are so... Because they're Christians. Devout. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. And they're really, really great about it. And, they, and they're and they outspokenly, you know, outspokenly so. And I, I just admire that so much. I think it's amazing. Did you have an insecure moment of like, okay, I got with you. You weren't famous. Now all this fame is coming. Did you ever have an insecure moment or conversation with Hardy like look, I love you. I know you love me, but like the world is your oyster. Like you have all of these women that you're meeting all over all of these opportunities. Like, are you sure you want to be with me? Because that's what I would say. It's amazing how that starts to change the way that you like view things and like view yourself. It's very, very hard. What do you mean? You know, when it's the ball started to roll, I was would think to myself, like, I wonder when, if and when there's going to be a time where I'm going to feel overwhelmed or I'm going to feel threatened or I'm going to feel like less than compared to all these like beautiful movie stars and other people who are being photographed on the carpet and whatnot. And now, let me ask you something. When you've talked to other country wives, do they tell you that that moment is inevitable where there is going to be a time that you're like, OK, I feel overwhelmed or I feel threatened? You know, I haven't even gotten a chance to really talk to anyone about it. And I was thinking about talking to someone about it just the other week because I was like, I want to know, like I want to pick people's brains because I feel like right now we're in a very like transitional moment of our lives where it, the trajectories that Michael's career is on is, you know, just it's taking off. So I, I do think to myself, like if I feel like kind of weird or, you know, insecure, we'll say like right now, like what do I do to make sure that I'm on the right path so that a year from now, I don't feel like my life is just like going up in flames and I can't handle it. Like, well, it's like, even if your spouse's level of fame isn't super, you know, crazy at the moment, even when they're in the peripheral of people that are experiencing that, like with Morgan, yeah, like, I feel like that would make me nervous as a wife. Oh, for, oh, for sure. I mean, it really, it, it is nerve wracking. You know, there's a lot of attention on Morgan all the time. Therefore, you know, there's also secondary, yeah, like peripheral attention on Michael and on us. And it is interesting. You know, I never used to think about like I go out on Broadway still and act a fool. And I never used to think about like the consequences of but that. Now, and now I do. <laughs> do people, does, does Michael or his team, are they saying things to you like, Hey, 
just a reminder, like everything you do, pretend like you could be being recorded. Like, is there conversations like that? Sometimes when I get a little, I get a little excited about my political rants on Instagram. Sometimes I'll get a little gentle reminder, you know, hey, I feel like I'm really like I'm not like I haven't at least been that like over the top about it. But every once in a while, you know, it's like, hey, just, you know, just making sure. Like, is it coming you, from do people you really want to do this on Hardy's team, though? Or is it him? Oh, Michael could give two. He literally does not care. I mean, even on the way here, he was like, whatever she asks you, whatever you want to say, like, <laughs> let it spill. So he like, didn't tell you. So, OK, I can ask anything. No, All literally, right. He's like, go for it. Like, whatever you I mean, he he really is a firm believer in like, if you stand by something and you mean it, like say it. That's attractive. If you no, it really is. And he, I learn a lot from him. He is, he wipes his hands clean of like, if once he does something or says it, he's like, all right, well done with that. And I'm like, what? Like, you're not going to overthink about that. You're not going to overthink like in the shower a week from now about what you said. Well, I always wonder when you get with somebody like that, that is famous. Uh, if, for example, he has to have a conversation like, all right, like as a couple, when we're doing interviews or being asked questions by the public, you know, this is what we believe as a couple. So yeah. like, don't go into this territory, but it's okay if you say this, like, do you guys set boundaries for like, how much are we going to say about our political views yeah. or religious views or things like that? Yeah. So we, so basically when we were out with Jason and all the Marin and the Marin and Brittany, you know, little drama popped off, we had a conversation because I had shared something on Instagram and I did, you know, pull him aside and I was like, Hey, like, does that bother you that I do that? Because he is not, you pulled who aside, Michael. Okay. And he is not, um, very outspoken about politics. I think it's like pretty obvious. Like he doesn't have to be <laughs> like, you know, well, he is you. His- <laughs> right. <laughs> and, but I asked him because, and you know, being around Jason and Brittany and people who are so proudly conservative and they're not afraid to share their beliefs. Um, we talked about it and we were like, what are you comfortable with? Because I'm obviously comfortable with it. Are you comfortable with it? Because it's your career basically. So, and he was like 100%, you know, we did have that conversation. Like how much are we going to share? What's too much? Did you have to ask Brittany like, Hey, I want to, I want to jump in this fight. I want to defend you. Are you okay with it? Or did you just do it? I just did it. I didn't even ask. I mean, She's just such a good person. And as I've gotten to know her and, and if I didn't with my whole being believe in anything I was saying, like maybe I wouldn't have, but I just did. Like when I see, you know, hypocrisy, I'm just going to call it out. Well, yeah. Speaking of, so you called Marin Morris a fake feminist. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> said that, you know, she's a fake feminist and she call she claims to be feminist or whatever and have all these progressive values, but she calls out women more than anyone else. She just announced that she's officially leaving country music. So let me how grab, you, yeah, let me grab my tissue. How I'm just, you feel? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was so upsetting because I, that is sad. And I, I feel bad that she feels the need to do that. Um, did you see it coming? Yes. I mean, for her to now she is leaving country. I just, I, I honestly, I think that's so, I mean, the past couple of years, like, do you even want, do you even like country music? Do you even want to be in Nashville? Do you even want to be around this community of people? Well, she claims no, because because she says it's all racist, homophobic, transphobic. Okay. Go ask, um, brothers Osborne. TJ Osborne is literally gay, like outspokenly gay, he hasn't lost any fans over it. Like, how does that make sense? I, I just, it's, it's unfortunate. I haven't met her personally, so I can't speak, you know, to knowing her on a personal level. 
However, I know the people of Nashville and I know the people that are in the music industry and I know country music and they are beautiful people and they are so kind. And the country music industry is not far right. It is not at all. Well, I was going to ask you that. Is it really this no. like super conservative uh, type, you know, band of people, or is it just as liberal as any other industry at this it, point? It is. Ex- I mean, it is a huge part of it is extremely liberal. And there are a lot of people with left-leaning views and everyone gets along. And honestly, like that to me is one of the most special parts about the country music industry is everybody is, has great characteristics and val- and strong values and people get along and it's just they're kind-hearted people who are an open community. And I think it's just a shame that if you feel that ostracized by Nashville, I think maybe there's just some looking inward that you need to do. Well, she said that she she can't stand the fact that it seems like certain songs will get streams just because people want to own the libs, like with Try That in a Small Town. I just think that's such that is such BS because there is no right-wing agenda that is ever being pushed by mainstream media, ever. And that includes the radio. That's just not a thing. It never has been. Did the song... Try that in a small town. Have a racist dog whistle, in your opinion, like what the media was saying. I mean, my God, like for real, no. And also, those are that is footage. And if you have a problem with that, have a problem with the people in the footage. Like, I mean, it's just it's so common sense to me. And honestly, I saw somebody else say this. Um, so it's not my original thought, but if you are assuming that it's racist and you're picturing a certain group of people in your mind, then that's what you think of those people. Not what Jason does. Were you with Brittany and Jason when the fallout of that song started happening all over social media? No, no, not at all. I mean, we haven't been on tour with them. Um, I haven't even seen her in a, in a, in a long time, but did you reach out to just be like, Hey, I'm sorry, this is happening or like what? I, I didn't, you know what? She doesn't even need, she doesn't need it. She knows they know exactly they are so strong in their beliefs and they are, they sleep soundly at night knowing what they are, what they're fighting for. And at the end of the day, they're just trying to make a better world for their children, honestly. And there's, it's just not problematic. Like the song is not problematic. I don't know why people keep trying to make it. And even though you're conservative, I thought this was really interesting. So you shared and supported Tyler Childers music video for In Your Love. Mm -hmm. That features a gay couple, a gay love story. So I'd say that certainly dispels, you know, certain stereotypes people have about conservatives. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, and that's, yes, I, I was so taken aback. I was so, I was so pissed. Like I'm not one to really like call people out from my own like inbox, basically on Instagram, from my DMs. But this woman just came in here with this hateful message, basically calling me a fake conservative for liking that music video. What did you say? And I just said that you are so deeply, basically deeply unwell if you have such a problem with that. And I said, that's so, it is small-minded of you to associate the word conservative with homophobic. That is not the same thing. And I was like, just because I believe in capitalism and border control does not mean that I am against gay relationships. It just doesn't. And you know, I grew up in, I grew up in San Diego. I know a bunch of gay people. I am much more socially liberal leaning. And I really, I do believe that most of the country is, and I just don't see like, if we 
there's no reason to just lead with hate in those situations. If, if it bothers you, then it's allowed, you know, let it bother you. It's totally fine. And I think that's basically the lesson that everyone needs to learn today. And that's the issue with the political climate, like the social political climate. Just if something bothers you, just let it bother you. It doesn't have to ruin everyone else's day. If you're more socially liberal though, and defended Jason and Brittany, I think some people will hear that and be like, well, okay, so you support the gay community. Then how can you support Brittany's comments against, uh, you know, children who are struggling with gender identity? So I, children is a completely separate, the way that this leftist agenda is attacking children is so wildly inappropriate. I cannot even see how anyone who is left-leaning at all would, would be behind this. It is so disturbing. And I have been to drag shows, okay? I, I enjoy myself a good drag show. I have no problem with it. The difference is, is that I'm 26 years old and I bought a ticket to go see one. And it's not being shoved down my throat as a child trying to form this gender, you know, like disformity in my mind. It's, it's just so, it's so wrong. It's so, um, it's predatory. And I just think that, you know, think about it. You don't even go through sex education until what middle school girls and boys don't even understand what having a period is until you get one. Like there's just no reason to be talking about inappropriate, like body parts, gender identity. If you like boys, if you like girls, they don't even know what that means. Just let kids be kids. They will come to their own decision if that's so when they're of age. And I, I, I just think that they're two completely separate issues. Are there a lot of country artists who do lean more right politically, but they stay under the radar? Because, I mean, Mara Moore seems to think, you know, it's just totally taken over by conservatives in country music. So is that the case? Are there a lot of people that kind of stay on the DL or is it pretty 50-50? No, I mean, I don't think so at all. I think that it's pretty common knowledge. Like everyone assumes that the public is going to assume that you're conservative if you're a country okay, singer. Okay, but like if you had to give a percentage, how much of country music artists are conservative? What percentage would you give? Honestly, ooh, okay, maybe conservative. I'll give it like a 60, 70. Like not, it's not as much as you think. And then not all of them are vocal. No, I mean, I don't think, I think the ones that are conservative know that they don't need to be because I think they just assume their fan base knows. But um yeah, it's, I think it would surprise you. I think it would surprise you. It's not, it's not as hardcore as people think. What I really like about your and Hardy's love story is that you got with him when he was building something. It wasn't already built. And I feel like he saw really that you loved him for him. And I'm sure that had to have played in to him being like, this is the girl I want to marry. Yeah. He, he talks about it still to this day. You know, he says that it would be really hard for him if we weren't together, it would be really hard for him to find somebody now. He is, it's, it's hard. It messes with your mind. It messes with who you trust. Um, even if you don't go through something traumatic and you're not at like extreme levels of fame, you still just never know. And especially in today's climate, you know, people are so, people are so shallow. They're so superficial and they just chase these like empty feelings and empty dreams. And it would be, it would be really hard. I mean, I see, I see how that goes. Like I see a lot of girls, you know, chasing country artists wanting something here. Oh, I'm sure you see there. a lot of so. it. <laughs> 
it's sad. And I, I wish more for those women. I honestly do, but yeah, no, Michael, it's, it's very special. And we, it will always, always like be a stronger bond, I think, because of it. Gonna be TMI, but when am I not? Uh, this is for the girls anyway, so who cares? What most women don't realize is that our mucous membranes in the vaginal area are so highly permeable, things get absorbed there at a much higher rate than ordinary skin tissue. Here's what that means in simple terms. Your vagina is a very effective way for getting things directly into the bloodstream without having to be metabolized first. So whatever toxic ingredients are on those tampons or pads that you're getting at the drugstore are getting absorbed almost immediately into your bloodstream. This is why I use 100% organic feminine products from Garnu. And if you don't believe me about the toxic crap on those tampons that you've been using since you were 13, 85% of regular tampons contain dioxins and other chemicals that have been linked to severe cramping. Modern feminine products are full of hazardous ingredients that have been also tied to hormone disruption allergic rashes, reproductive harm, and even cancer. Garnu makes certified organic tampons and now. Also, I am so excited to announce panty liners, pads, and overnight pads. No chlorine, bleach, dyes, or fragrances. The tampon applicator is made of BPA-free plastic. The wrappers that the pads are wrapped in are biodegradable. These are some of the cleanest feminine products on the market. And... They're conservative owned, period. See what I did there? Garnu works. Multiple friends of mine who struggle with severe cramping or just really long periods felt an improvement by switching to 100% organic cotton Garnu. Garnu is a conservative owned feminine product brand that stands for rescue in Nepali because part of every purchase goes to fight human trafficking in Nepal. Garnu can be scheduled to deliver straight to your home in time for strawberry week. That's G-A-R-N-U-U.com with code Alex for 15% off. G-A-R-N-U-U.com with code Alex for 15% off or find the link in the description. You had a picture-perfect wedding. People Magazine covered it. It was everywhere. But what didn't go right that day that people <laughs> don't know? Because it's never as perfect as it seems in the magazines. You know what? I, I don't even know. If something didn't go right, I don't know about it. You know what? And that's the way it should be. I, the bride should know. No, and I made that so... I mean, I think there were a lot of last-minute getting things together. But um, yeah, no. I was not about to know about it. Well, we know something didn't go totally right in wedding planning. We just don't know what, because you and Michael admitted that you had to fire your first wedding planner. Yeah, yeah, we did. What happened? Did. So I had, I was so excited, you know, we got engaged. I'd already been following all these wedding planner accounts. And I had this one, I had this one on like in all my saved folders. And I was like, in my dream world, this would be my wedding planner. And I reached out to her thinking, there's no way it'll happen, but it did. And I was so excited and we got this wedding planner and I was like, this is going to be epic. Like she's amazing. She's perfect. So we hired her and about a month went by and we hadn't like had a phone call. Oh my gosh. And I just kept thinking to myself, shouldn't I like, do you want to know what my cult like? favorite colors are? Do you want to know like my guest count? Uh, what should be happening right now? Do you want to know what flowers I like? 
So a little over a month went by. We finally met in person. Um, she doesn't live in Nashville. So that was like one of my main concerns, but she made it very clear. She would travel up and it wouldn't be an issue. So basically how the story goes is six months go by and we don't have a venue because for whatever reason, these venues just are charging us obscene amounts of money, things. I'm just thinking to myself, there's no way. Are they overcharging because of who you guys are? So we don't know at this point. All I'm seeing is a number being like, uh, what the hell is this about? How do people even get married? This is ridiculous. And it got to the point where I was literally, I was like whoring Michael out. I was like, he'll do a show. He'll do a concert. Like, please God, let us get married at your venue. And we, we still, we were like, we just can't afford it. There's no way we could afford any of this. It was crazy. So we were freaking out and we were like, we don't know where we're going to get married. Finally, we find this place. It's incredible. And we were so excited about it. And we saw, we literally were about to sign on the dotted line. It was awesome. I was so excited. Then our wedding planner calls us like two days later and she goes, I'm so sorry. They backed out. It's, you know, so crazy. Um, they backed out. They just, they, they don't want to do weddings anymore. And we were like, what? Like, what are you talking about? So I'm freaking out and I'm like, what the hell? Why did they back out? So now it's like seven months in, we don't have a venue. And I'm like, we're like, what is happening here? And I'm getting, I'm starting to get pissed at this point. It takes a lot for me to get like pissed off, but I'm just like, what are you doing? Like twiddling your thumbs over there. So I just kind of let that, you know, let that be for what it was. I, I still thought it was weird that this venue backed out. So then our wedding planner, she magically has this beautiful venue in the city that she lives in convenient for her. So we are touring this venue. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful place. We all, we literally almost signed a contract. The problem is it only held 150 people when we had like 400 people coming for the wedding. So she assured us that these other two hotels down the road were beautiful in great condition. And I just took her word for it. Um, Luckily, my mom and dad were visiting my sister in Alabama at that point. So they took a little trip down the road to go see the hotels that she was talking about. Rat infested. <gasps> motel. The lights didn't work. The paint on the walls was lit. I mean, there were chunks of the wall out of the wall. I mean, what was she thinking? I wouldn't send my worst enemy here. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it backed it. It backed up. It shared a parking lot with an auto body shop. Like it was in the sticks, like in the sticks. And I was just like, oh, my God oh my God, what's happening? Like, this can't be happening. How am I supposed to tell 300 people to fly across the country to like go stay in these places? It was just, it was like, it was horrible. So it was not good. I mean, there were a million other things that were like really sketch and weird and freaky. And so we ended up, you know, having to fire her part ways. So then circle back to the venue that canceled on us. Our wedding planner that we ended up using she, when we were telling her what was happening, she goes, oh, I'm, I'm good friends with them. Let me, I'm just going to call them and ask them what happened. They said that they felt so uncomfortable working with her because the day that she called them, she point blank said to them, these people are so desperate. They're not finding a venue. You can charge them whatever <gasps> you want and they'll you pay. You are kidding. No. And it, no, it literally. That evil witch. No, literally. And it all came. I was, I was having like a, that's so Raven. Like I was just thinking of every invoice we were getting. And I just kept thinking, these are astronomical prices. There's no way that anyone's getting charged this. And it all made sense. I was like, this bitch is, is scamming us trying to get 
This because she probably gets her, a, what? Does she get a cut? One hundred percent. And the the last venue that we were gonna um, almost sign at, we were sending back all these contract edits, and she was. I really urge you not to do this. I urge you not to edit it. The contract is really solid. I wouldn't change this. I wouldn't change that. She was getting pissed that we were asking questions about money. So basically she was scamming us the entire time trying to get a big fat check from us. And this is a huge wedding planner that has like a massive social media following. Yes. And I, and we didn't get our deposit back. I was so pissed. Oh my God. I was, but she was, she was feisty. Let me tell you. Well, everything turned out. Your, your wedding looked beautiful. Oh, it was the best day. I didn't see any mason jars. So I was. (laughs) No mason jars. Do you know how hard it was to find a venue in Nashville, Tennessee that was not mason jar i'm so sick of it i I mean no no shade if you've done that it it, you know there are always every year there's a different wedding trend and mason jars have had a had a stranglehold on on american women now for a minute but i'm so sick of it it's still on my pinterest (sighs) if i go to my folder it's and it's so beautiful and like in the country but when i found our venue i was like praise the Lord. Yeah. No, you guys Thank did cool God. stuff. You guys were doing tattoos and we all did kinds tattoos. of cool things. My mom got her first tattoo at so our wedding. Cute. It was awesome. The donkeys were my favorite. We had beer burrows carrying little beer beers around. That's to cute. everyone. It was, it was, it was the best day ever. It was, it ended up being perfect and it was all worth it. And it was great. What has it been like for you guys to be front and center for all the success that Morgan is seeing now? It's wild like it's crazy to see how his career has skyrocketed I mean I would say he's like one of the biggest artists in the world maybe the biggest artist in the world I mean arguably yeah it's 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 amazing I mean I think Luke Combs honestly I think Morgan has taken over really I do I do I I would say I would say right now I think I think this is the Morgan train right now it is it's crazy I've never seen a crowd the way that a crowd is for him it's crazy. Like, I feel like I was transported back to like the Rolling Stones or the Beatles or something. That's how I imagine like these girls being <laughs> when they're at a mortgage show. It's so cool. He's just so talented and, you know, he's been through a lot and he's come out on top and he, he busts his ass and good for him. You know, it's really exciting. Uh, last year, uh, something really scary happened. Hardy was in a, a super terrifying bus accident. Where were you on that day when you got that call? I can tell you exactly where I was. I had just walked off of Bourbon Street in New Orleans on the last night of my bachelorette party. And we came in, we came in, we had just finished. I mean, the weekend was basically over. It was our last night. We had just walked through, literally just walked through the door of our Airbnb after being out all night. And I got a call from his manager and we were, it was like three 30 in the morning, which I thought was weird, but it wasn't out completely. You know, it had happened before, I guess, but I got a call and I put it on speaker thinking we were all going to be like, ah, like, Oh my God, the bachelorette party. Like Michael, what are you doing? And it was Michael from his phone and my heart, I mean, literally, I, I couldn't feel my body. I just, I, the moment he started talking, I could, he was, like, I could tell he was almost hyperventilating. He was like, I've, I've been in a bus. I, I answered the phone and he goes, babe, I've been in a bus accident. It's really bad. I hit my head. I don't know how bad it is. He's like, I can't see it. I can just, I see blood everywhere. I And I literally, I just like, everyone in the room just froze. I mean, I was, 
I didn't even know what to do, but I kind of went into like, like protection mode. I was like, okay, um, okay, okay. Um, who, who are you with? Where did you call 911? Is there an ambulance? Like, are you okay? Do you feel okay? I mean, I didn't even know what to ask. And he was just like, yeah, I, I don't know where Tanner is. I don't, I don't know. The bus is upside down. I, I mean, and then literally I was just hysterical. I was a, I was a wreck. I tried not to, I tried not to cry on the phone with him and the ambulance, I could hear the ambulance coming. I'm literally getting choked up talking about it. I could hear the ambulance coming before I hung up the phone. So I knew it was going to be okay. And I was like, thank God, literally thank God. And not 30 seconds later, Morgan called me. He was, um, so they were on tour. Sorry. They were on tour and they were on the phone actually when it happened. And they, Morgan thought they were playing like a up prank on him and he heard it on speakerphone. Morgan heard the wreck happen and he was like, this isn't funny. This isn't funny. You know, stop. So we hung up, then he called the other bus. So, so they had two buses at the time. So it was Michael and everyone that got in the accident on that bus. And then the rest of his band was on another bus just in front of them. So Morgan called the other bus and was like, I think something happened, like something went wrong. And by then, you know, the ambulance had already come and found them, but, and thank God. I mean, luckily they were only 20 minutes outside of Nashville. Thank God. If they were anywhere else, I mean, usually you're just in the middle of nowhere for in the middle of nowhere for hours. Yeah. Like super far from a hospital, super far from a hospital. Um, they, they were just playing in Bristol, Tennessee. So they didn't have that far of a drive. Um, thank God. I mean, they were literally 20 minutes from the hospital. So he called them. Then he called me and he was like, are you okay? I just talked to my, I just talked to everyone They're You know, they're going back. Um, he was just updating me. I mean, he was really great about updating me. He went to, he dropped them off at the hospital, kept calling me, kept updating me. And, you know, I called his mom, his mom was on the phone. I called my parents. Both of my sisters were with me at the time. I mean, everyone was just, they were not okay. Like it was, everyone was just like, we were having out of body experience. Literally it was insane. And I was just, I was just beside myself. I just went, I, I was sobbing for an hour straight. By that time it was 5 a.m. I looked online and found a 6 a.m. Southwest flight and I literally left all my with all of my sister's friends. I was like, you guys, I don't care how it happens. Just get my stuff back to Nashville. Like I'm taking my backpack. I'm leaving. My phone was dead. So I had someone call me an Uber. I got in the Uber, plugged my phone in while I was on the ride to the airport. My phone turned on. I had to call Southwest and be like, can you change my flight right now to this flight at six o'clock? And they were like, yeah, sure. I literally made it by three minutes. I, I mean, you can imagine how I look. Well, and how, <laughs> what were you thinking on this flight? I was absolutely, I mean, so, so we were, our wedding was in a month and I just kept thinking like, oh my God, like we, like, I literally was like replaying like our relationship and our basically like our love story. And I was like, we've made it this far. Like we're not going to be able to get married. It was, it was horrible. And, um, luckily before I got on the plane, I knew I got a call from his mom. I knew that he was okay. Like I knew he wasn't dead. 
and I knew that everyone else was okay. I was so worried about everyone. I mean, those guys are like our family. So Noah, Tanner, Ricky, I mean, Ricky is still, Ricky is still very, very ill. And, um, you know, we, we still pray for him every day, but I knew Michael was okay at that point. So I was, I was okay. Um, I was a wreck going to the airport. I mean, I was like basically hammered, but then the adrenaline, like, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say you were out drinking in your bachelorette. So like, yeah. were you even sober when you got this call? Like, how do you, I mean, I, I was, guess it sobers you up real quick. I, and I will tell you, I was like the farthest thing from sober. And, um, I, the adrenaline just like really like snaps you out of it. So I was just like, I felt like I was on drugs. Like, honestly, I was like so wired. It was crazy. And I'm just sobbing. I'm sobbing my way through the airport. My smoky eye is like dripping down my chin. I have like plastic dildos in my backpack that's getting pulled out by TSA going through security. And the lady was like, honey, like you good. Like you need help. I was like, yes, like I'm not okay. (laughs) I was a wreck. So I basically just sat at my gate and sobbed. Like I was, I was a zombie. And by the time I landed, he had already gone back home he got some staples in his head. Everything was totally fine. Thank God. But I mean, like I rushed home. It was a blur. Like it was the, it was, I don't even, I like, I don't even know what happened. Like, I don't even remember that plane ride. It was so crazy. I landed, got home. Everything was fine. Um, Tanner got really banged up. He had all kinds of bones sticking through his foot. He broke his neck. Now who is Tanner on the he's, team? He's Michael's photographer, videographer. Um, And he, he got physically, he got injured the worst, but, um, and Michael, he actually, he also broke his back. He got a compression fracture. So it still kind of bothers him a little bit to this day, but, but he's okay now, you know? And he, he made a joke and he was like, I might have to shave my head. Like I might be bald for the wedding or, you know, something like that. But it, it you were just happy he was going to get to go. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. I could have cared less. I was like, Ooh, like it was, it was crazy. That was an emotional, like, 24 hours. It was wild. It was wild. What it, what ended up happening? Like, why did the crash happen? The bus completely turned over. Yeah. Yeah. So it did, I think two and a half turns. Um, so Ricky, who was the bus driver, um, he actually had, and you know, they, they said they recall that he was acting kind of funny. Um, he pulled over about 30 minutes before it happened and he seemed a little out of it. And the guys were like, dude, are you okay? And he just seemed, you know, really spacey. He was kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And they were like, okay, that's weird. You know, didn't think anything of it. He started driving, bus turned. Um, Basically what everyone had thought for a long time was that he just had a seizure or, you know, something happened. But when Ricky was in the hospital, they had run a bunch of tests on him and it, it didn't seem to be a seizure. It didn't seem to be a stroke. Um, they couldn't really tell. And it actually, it turns out he had brain cancer and he had a tumor and that is how he found out that he had brain cancer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it, in a really twisted roundabout way, um, it was, we were, you know, thankful that he was able to find that out because who knows if he ever would have been able to, and they operated on him and, he was able to walk his daughter down the aisle. Um, wow. He's still, you know, he's still fighting. He's he's not doing so well, but um, he's 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 still he's still fighting. So we pray for Ricky all the time um, and his family. And it's 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 crazy how that all happened. I mean, truly, no one knew what it was for the longest time. And then 
they finally found out it's, it's, it was a weird God thing, you know, it's just how that was supposed to happen, I guess. When you're married to somebody famous, do you have to have conversations about like what happens to their brand or their legacy if something tragic were to ever happen to them? Oh my God. Well, after that, yeah. I mean, we were, because we weren't married yet too. So I was like, legally, like what happens? Like, what do you want to happen with everything you've done? You like, know, so, so I'm assuming like songwriting royalties, there's all sorts of things that would like have yeah, to get sorted out. It's really, I mean, there's so many different pieces to the puzzle and I, I still don't understand a lot of it. Like I actually don't even know. Like we, we have a lot. Um, we're actually working on like building, you know, s some sort of like Wills. will or you know something because he's just accomplished too much he's created too much to just like let it all go to whoever yeah um so yeah I know I know that he and he's very intentional about like where his music goes what happens to it um he's very protective over the publishing part of it and like the songwriting part of it so I'm sure he has a plan or at least an idea of what he wants to do but yeah that is that is really interesting like I don't know what happens in that case. Everyone carries a little bucket. You're probably imagining like a little girl in a house in the prairie dress based by the way, but we all have a metaphorical toxic load bucket and all the synthetic fragrance that we're exposed to on a daily basis from the candles in our homes to the perfumes we buy adds to that bucket. Carrying a heavy toxic load can lead to chronic problems like inflammation, IBS, Crohn's disease, and hormone imbalance, which as we know, can lead to reproductive problems, early puberty, obesity, heart disease, and even breast and other cancers. I mean, hello, I have, I just had a message from somebody the other day asking me, why is my 10 year old already starting puberty? And I said to her, have you checked how many products that your, your child is using every day has synthetic fragrances? Here's my solution. Alivia, Alivia's seven ingredient organic prebiotic body wash is safe for your whole family, even to babies. I will never use another soap on my body again. I'm even paying for checked bags on my flights just so I can bring my Alivia organic body wash with me wherever I go. Now, as I was writing this ad, I looked it up and they even sell travel size. So maybe I don't have to check bags, but for now I'm checking bags until I get the travel size. Alivia Prebiotic Body Wash literally feeds your skin's precious microbiome with only seven to 10 pure ingredients. And there are no synthetic fragrances. This is good for you body skincare that is 100% all natural, non-GMO, chemical and paraben free, environmentally friendly and free of all artificial fragrances and dyes. Here is an example of ingredients found in their cranberry body cleanse, okay? Filtered water, cold pressed cranberry seed oil, coconut oil, aloe vera, dead sea salt, Acadian sea kelp, citric acid, and plant glycerin. Alivia Prebiotic Organic Body Wash can be used as a full body cleanser for silky soft skin. It can be a shampoo, a facial cleanser, and it all stabilizes pH and eliminates body odor, helps reduce fresh burns and scars, helps eliminate body eczema, keratosis, psoriasis, body acne. The founder actually created this wash to help 
her daughter's eczema. Alivia Prebiotic Body Wash allows your good skin microbiome to multiply at a much faster rate and release an enzyme that helps perfectly pH balance the skin. It is out of this world. The green tea honeysuckle scent is my favorite, but they also have completely unscented washes as well. Try Alivia Prebiotic Natural Body Wash Lotion, hand soap, even pet wash at Alivia.com and get 15% off with code Alex15. Alivia is spelled A-L-E-A-V-I-A.com. Use code Alex15 for 15% off. That's Alivia.com with code Alex15 or find the link in the show notes. What are Hardy's dressing room must-haves? Like any certain snacks or candles oh or anything? Oh my God. He has the worst writer ever. It is. We give him so much for it. It's Doritos, Cool Ranch Doritos, um, beef jerky, a bottle of tequila, a bottle of bourbon. That's not bad. Oh, you mean bad like it's not exciting. It's bad for me because I want some good in there. <laughs> so when you're there, does he ask for anything else? No, no. Wait, what's on Morgan's tour rider? You know, I don't know. I have no idea, actually. I heard this. I heard a rumor forever ago that like, I don't know, some, I feel like it, maybe it was Beyonce or somebody like has to have this certain color removed from m and Okay, and all it's, this. that was, um, I know what you're talking about. It, it's Rihanna. Oh, and Rihanna. She, and she said that she wanted like just the red M&Ms. Sometimes people will throw in like a joke ask or something to make sure that people are reading their writer. You know what? That's smart. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm not going to hate on that. I think I would do something I, like that. I think all the time I'm like, what would my writer be? Like technically, I guess I could have one. But that's way too bougie. Like, I can't. Wait, do you just go in Hardy's dressing room or do you get your own? I mean, I don't have a dresser. Like, it's just our bus, basically. Like, what do you want on your bus? Like, but the venue, yeah, the venue provides in your green room. Like, the venue provides, like, your little snacks or whatever. And they don't have to give it to you. It's just a request. Like, you are not guaranteed that you're going to get whatever you put on your rider. What is a crazy Hardy Morgan story that you've never told anyone? It's not that I haven't told. This one just always comes to mind. I don't know if I have told anyone this. So remember when Morgan had his little dangly earring? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were all on the we were all on the bus, and Morgan just got this like wild hair, wanted to pierce his ear, and he had ordered on Amazon like a huggy, like that little cross huggy. No. And you know those ones like they're dull. They're not like a stud. They're just like those little huggies that you just kind of like clip to get like yeah. fold together. He thought that we would be able to pierce his ear with that. So I like, I can't remember what I did. I, I iced his ear. I was going to say, did you parent trap it? We totally like, so everyone was like, no, oh my God, don't do it. Like, oh my God, you're going to pierce your ear. You're going to pierce your ear. And I was like, we can do this. Like we can do it. So we iced his ear. I think we had like an apple. Like, I still don't even know what the point of an apple is when you're piercing your ear. Like, I like, so you have something to stick. But I was like, I've seen people do it. Like, (laughs) get an apple. So I think we had it. We didn't have a needle. What was it? Something that was like not sharp at all. We were trying to literally pierce his ear with. I'm pretty sure I was trying to pierce his ear with that dull back of the earring. And I was literally like ripping this poor man's earlobe open. And then I was like, oh my God, like it's not working. It's not working. (laughs) And he was like, he was just standing there like wincing in pain. And I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what's happening. And then Michael was like, give it to me. I'll do it. And he took a guitar string and cut like the extra wire of a guitar string and just literally like jammed that freaking, just jammed it through his ear hole, like the little. And it worked. And it worked. And then it was like gushing. But, oh my God. It was like, I cannot believe he still has his ear 
that it didn't fall off of an ear infection or something. Then we shoved that little huggy in there and then we just poured whiskey on it. Whiskey? Like out, on Morgan Wallen's like, ear piercing. Like, like Outlander days. We were like disinfect it with the whiskey. Like literally we just poured whiskey on his ear and we were like, okay. And it was like so infected and gross for like the next few days. I mean, that's rock star shit. That's what people think happens on tour buses. No, honestly, so you just confirmed. That's why I love that story. Cause I'm like, that was like, when that was happening, we were like, this is sick. Like, this, like, <laughs> like we know what's happening right now. Like we were like, this is cool. Like, this is so cool. Okay. Here's the tea I want. Okay. What can you tell us about Morgan's rumored date with Kristen Cavallari? <gasps> Is that a thing? You tell me. Ah, okay. Honestly, I, 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 I believe that. I believe that. But you don't know. So you haven't been told if he's gone out with her or not. I didn't know that. Have you heard that they've ever, like, that they know each other, that they've ever texted? No. I mean, if anything, I've, I've seen Jay around. Like, I know, like, we see Jay at some, like, um like parties and stuff. I've never seen Kristen. I've never seen Kristen out. Could you Wait. see them together? Oh my God. No. no. <laughs> I mean, I think that would be great for Morgan. Like does, is like Kristen wants to date Morgan? I'm going to say this. I'll say it so you don't get heat for saying it. But I have been told <laughs> by multiple people that she is conservative. For but sure. She, but she isn't, you know, she really worries about, you know, getting political heat. And that, so that would make sense because she runs in a very LA like yeah, circle. Yeah. So like, I'm like, okay, she's conservative. I mean, she's in Nashville, right? Like, listen, I dig it. I think that'd be a good change of pace. I would. Oh my god, I wonder how she has three kids. She's got a lot of kids. She does have a lot of kids. Could he be a stepdad? I, I mean, he's a real, he's a dad, dad. So, so I think maybe? if you're a dad, you could be a stepdad. Okay, so let's play this game. Okay. If you had magical powers, you could set up Morgan with absolutely any famous woman in the world. Forget if she's married, not married, anything. Just if you could make it happen, who would be your ideal girl for Morgan? Okay, so Morgan is so famous that he would have to date for, for, for it to work. They would have to be on some sort of level playing field, like, like an actress or a pop star, um, someone big. The problem is Hollywood is so lib that I feel like they would all die before being going on a date with him. Sofia Vergara and Joe just got uh, divorced. Wait, Sofia Vergara and Morgan? Sofia, maybe like Sofia, like having a little wild hair and dating a younger country singer man. <laughs> That would be, that would be like too hot. Like, okay, like Taylor and Travis are blowing up, you know, the tabloids right now. But like if Sophia and Morgan got together, like it would be the end of everything. I mean, that's so random. And like, let's be real. I, I do love it. I do love an actor. Maybe like, I don't know. It's like Dua Lipa. Like, is that too crazy? Does he have a type? Skinny blonde. Okay. Jennifer Lawrence. She's married. Jennifer Lawrence would be hot, but she's mega lib. Mega. But you know, she's from the South. She's from Louisville. Is she really? Mm-hmm. God, so, see, who's from the South? Like, I don't even know, like, of anyone in Hollywood that is. I don't either. So if you have somebody good, you've got to DM Callie on Instagram and tell her, like, I've got the perfect girl. Oh, oh, I, no. I I mean, I was wishing this, like, I was wishing this with all my being. When Alex, I love Alex Earl. I'm obsessed. Like, I'm on the Alex Earl train. Wait. I literally texted him and I was like, can you please? Like, did he think she was cute? Can you please? He was like, uh, like, he didn't know who she was. He was like, everyone keeps saying that. Like, everyone keeps messaging me saying like, Alex Earl, Alex Earl, like, who is that? And I'm like, no, like, that is 
what's up? Like that needs to happen. Okay, so he wasn't like no, but she's dating somebody. Yeah, who's she dating? Okay, it's, so it's we're gonna pull an Ariana Grande. We're breaking up Alex Earl with whoever she's with to get her with Morgan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I approve. I approve. <laughs> Cannot end this interview without asking you for like your top recommendations uh, in Nashville, and also just your current favorites in general. So I'm gonna say something, and then just try your best to give like a one word answer. Okay. But if you got okay. a couple sentences or whatever, that's fine. okay. All right. Favorite fall trend for 2023? Cowboy copper. The hair. <gasps> no, you're not going to do that, right? I'm not, but it's it's my dream. Like, ever since I was a child, I've always wanted to have dark, like, sexy auburn hair. So I'm obsessed that this is happening. I can't I mean, do it. You but... can live vicariously through Shannon Ford. Uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Red hair. Book you've recently read that was a favorite or a book you want to read? Mm, I, The Alchemist. I have read it multiple times, okay. but it's just the last that I've read. And it's, I just, I love it. I feel like everyone should read it. Favorite artist right now, personally. <laughs> I am on the young gravy train. I'm on the gravy Stop. train. Wait, isn't there something about your mom in the sky? <laughs> my mom, my dad, like everybody loves him. He just told this story about my dad that I I quite literally, a piece of my body, just like my piece of my soul died and just drifted off into the atmosphere. He is so funny. We've gotten to know him so well because he's, he's him and Michael have just connected and then he's come to some shows and he was just in Nashville. But like, my God, I cannot, like I almost pee my pants every time I listen to <laughs> one of his songs. He's so fun. Okay, favorite TV show? Uh, OC right now is, is crushing it for me. I okay. love Housewives of OC. Fitness trend. Hot Girl Walk. Is that still a trend? Yes. Hot Girl Walk. Never dies. For sure. Yeti or Stanley? Um, Stanley. But you don't like either? I don't. I don't. I Are you a Diet either. Coke person? I, Dr. Pepper. Dr. <gasps> Pepper. Okay. I'm traditional Dr. Pepper. So you and I are there. That's I get all my high fructose corn syrup in that. Even more than the original Diet Dr. Pepper, the cream soda Diet Dr. Pepper, and they don't sell it in Nashville anymore. So I'm going to give you a category. Uh, pick one or two Nashville recs for us. Okay. Spa day. Woodhouse Day Spa. Rowdy Bar. Kid Rocks is freaking crazy. Kid Rocks or Jason Aldean's? Sexy Bar. Ooh. Like for a date. Oh, oh, okay. I haven't been, so I can't really like say for sure, for sure, but Sinatra's. It's Ooh. brand new. Like Frank Sinatra, like sexy Italian. Oh, I would love uh, that. I, literally, it's on my list. So no. it's like- I've just been recently like doing like Nat King Cole radio. Yeah. Like I'm into that. Yes. No, it's, it's like supposed to be really sexy and cool. Hotel. The Graduate. Best restaurant to celebrate something with girlfriends. Barcelona wine bar. Best brunch. Luogo. Why do you seem unsure? Or it's just hard to choose. I haven't, I haven't thought of, what's the last, oh, Marsh House has a really good brunch. Okay. Okay. Best coffee. Oh, um. Uh, crema favorite boutique posh is really cute on 21st wait I posh is one of mine and I okay this is what I thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say the showroom oh my god if that counts as a showroom I would <laughs> I would I would have died of an aneurysm yeah. months ago if the showroom didn't exist I, they saved my life on it I'm going there literally when I get back tomorrow so you have to have an appointment to go in there, I'm guessing? Not at all. It's oh. just like dream Barbie land. You just walk in there and shop around and rent a beautiful ball gown. Okay, love that. Um, best place to be sad and reflect in Nashville? Oh, Radnor. Uh, it's a walk around the lake. <laughs> anytime, anytime I'm being like emo and depressed. That's I'm what not. Hunter Primo named her son Radnor, Radnor after that lake. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> no, Radner, 100%. Um, best view. There's a point called, a lookout point called Love Circle that is really, really pretty. And you can look at downtown, but then if you want to be in downtown, the best view is the rooftop at the JW is the best view of downtown. Okay, perfect. And then last thing is, oh, best experience purchase, like to do something that you have to spend the money on to do in Nashville. Oh my God. I'm such an experienced person. Like activities are my love language. Okay. There's, there's a bar called pins mechanical. That's just like basically an adult arcade. So it's just like something fun to do. It's like, you know, activity or whatever. Um, there's a place called Gray's Cheese Shop in Nashville and they do all different kinds of like cooking classes or cocktail making classes, really fun, creative stuff. Like a friend of ours just did an empanada making class there and learned how to like fold empanadas. So that like, I'm a sucker for stuff. Okay. So see if you have a bachelorette trip planned or just a girl's trip or whatever, you're going to Nashville, then you can reference back to this podcast or send it to send this podcast to anyone that you know, that you know is going to Nashville soon. hundred percent. Cause those are all really good recs. And I have to add, if you're in Nashville, you have to go to a writer's round. You have to see a writer's round and the listening room is the best place to do that. So that's an experience for sure. Callie, where can people find you on Instagram? Callie Ryan. I, Callie Hardy is taken, so I can't get that handle. So we're still Callie Ryan. Surely they can make that happen. <laughs> Who's the heck? Who is this girl that has it? I don't know. I've tried. I've tried everything. I'm Have like, you hey, messaged girl. her? <laughs> oh, yes. Have you oh, messaged yes. her and offered her money? Someone, ha- Yes. Someone had a plan years ago, and she's she's ready. She's taking me down. Oh, okay. There you well, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's okay. Callie Ryan. If someone has never listened to Hardy before, what is the song that they should listen to first? Oh, oh. If you're in a if you're in a hardcore mood, sold out. That's my favorite. That's yeah. My hi- so that's my hype song when I'm like. Uh, so I one thing about me is I have to do a lot of public speaking, um, and I actually hate it. But it's like required oh my God, for my do job. You really? Yeah, I get so nervous. Like want to throw up. I like absolutely hate it. And sold out is one of my songs that I'll listen to that. And I'm like, it's so awesome. <laughs> and then if you're in a, if you're in like a sad, like sweet, soft mood signs over you. Okay. And I want to listen to the one about dogs. It's you. It's I'll send it to you. I have never heard that. And now I'm like, I have to listen to that. That concept is unreal. If you could hear some of the songs that are just like demos on my phone that will never see the light of day. Wait, is would... this one about dogs not released? No, no. See, everybody listening is like dying to hear this. I now. know. I shouldn't have Okay, you know what he needs to do? We need to replace Sarah McLaughlin Angel on that stupid <laughs> dog adoption commercial. He needs to sell the rights to that song to them. I am a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Oh my God, that is, no. <laughs> Tell him that idea. That's a winner. That's a winner. Callie, thank you so much for coming on The Spillover. Oh my God, thank you for having me. This, this was is, a blast. No, I'm like having the best time. I, I could do another two hours, like I swear. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, as an interviewer, I could not have asked for somebody to be more honest, more vulnerable for this conversation, which I just appreciated so much. And I hope that really shined through to you. You know, she did not give me any stipulations about what I could ask her about or even ask what I was going to ask her beforehand, which is rare for someone in the public eye. I'm just going to tell you right now, working in podcasting, most of the interviews that you hear are 
heavily edited by somebody's team. They're telling you what you can or can't talk about and don't bring up this subject or, you know, she can only say this much on this. And this was just totally like authentic. She was so kind and it's easy to see why Hardy fell in love with her immediately. If you liked this episode, go back and listen to my episodes with Ray Lynn and Alexa Penavega, both from season one of The Spillover. And Ray and Callie are best friends in real life. Ray Lynn was at her wedding actually. So you should definitely listen to that one. Next week, I'm talking to an expert on the science behind why being there the first three years of your child's life is so important. Yes, this is a daycare episode and she is awesome, encouraging in here with the facts. If you want hard data on daycare or the best way to structure your work schedule in those first few years, if you do work, this episode is going to be your how-to guide. The Spillover is back next Thursday at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or subscribe to Real Alex Clark on YouTube to watch the episodes. Leave a five-star review. I'm Alex Clark, and this is The Spillover. Love you, mean it. Bye. Bye.